I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to be honest. I know in church it's hard to be honest because we don't want anyone to think, man, we don't have it all together. The fakest place on earth is every Sunday morning in churches all over the country. But we don't do fake around here, so I want you to be honest. On a scale of 1 to 10, and I'm going to give you the numbers, with 1 being, man, I have zero stress in my life. It's like I woke up this morning, I smoked a fatty, and I'm good. I I didn't mean like anybody here would do anything like that. I just meant like it's that feeling. You're like, man, that's how I live 24-7. That's your stress level. Or 10 being, man, I am ready to road rage at any minute, jump out of my car, jerk the person out of their car, bash their skull in. I'm just curious where you are on the level of stress. So you say, Gary, I'm about a one right now, zero stress. Raise your hand, raise your hand, look around. Doug Knight, he's re- the two retired people. I believe over here she's single, that's a one. You're lying. Even though you have little stress, you're married to Kathy, there's at least got to be a three. You at least got to be around a three. I'm not saying that's bad. You say, let's just skip two. Let's say you're about a three on your stress level. About a three in your stress level. About a four. Let's just jump. uh, About a seven. You're a seven in your stress level. Eight. Eight. I'm going to add this one because I feel like this is where I'm at. About an 8.5? 8.5? Awesome. I haven't talked to my mother-in-law this morning, so if it had, it had been about a 9, but I'm at an 8.5. You're at a 9 this morning. You're at a 9 this morning in your stress level. Now, how many of you say, Gary, I'm a 10 this morning in my stress level? And do we have smoke up here on stage? I can't see anything. 10. You're a 10 at your stress level. I think it's funny that my father-in-law said he's a 10, but Heather didn't raise her hand, yet she's married to Rick. I think Heather was waiting to see if I was going to get to like 11 or 12 on the stress level. Let's just be honest. Life is stressful. Like, normal life is stressful. Like, when there's nothing stressful going on, Life is stressful. How many of you have kids still in the home? Yeah. How many of you still have a mortgage? Yeah. How many of you have a car payment? I don't want to get too much in your business, and I don't want to start going down the credit card trail. But man, life is stressful. Then you add the fact that the media has got us in an uproar over the fact that there's no gas. And we're fighting at the gas station over gas, even though we have nowhere to go. We're afraid we might not have gas for two days. Like, I'm the guy that doesn't even buy into that stuff, and I'm on the way to the gym. Yes, contrary to popular belief, I go to the gym every morning. Um, That gets excited. I'm on the way to the gym about 5.45 in the morning. I see three trucks at a gas station. I pull in. I'm like, you guys getting gas or diesel? We're getting gas. I call Christine. There's gas. She's like, did you need gas? I was like, well, I was like a half a tank. I needed gas. What if something horrible happened? I need gas. Life's stressful. You had the last 14 months, all the political junk, 
The pandemic junk. Shut down junk. Now, I got to work from home while the kids are home. That spouse that I couldn't stand, but at least I got an eight, not talking about me, I'm talking about hypothetically speaking, so many other people. That I got eight hours a day away from, now I got to be around them every day because they're working from home. And then let me tell you, I'm on this hobby horse right now, and especially women. Women, I, I, on behalf of men everywhere, I would like to apologize that we're such assholes. I kid you not. We went out to eat breakfast. Christine, is there any other way to word it? We went to eat breakfast yesterday morning. And I watched three different tables with men and women, and there was a baby. Every single table, the woman is dealing with the baby, trying to feed the baby, trying to feed herself, trying to get the baby. And literally the man is sitting there acting like nothing is going on, just eating his food. No, the the table next was, he got done with his food. Literally, Christine's grabbing my leg under the table, reminding me it's not my place to say anything. He's done eating. He's still not taking the baby from her where she can eat. She looks at him. He's so stupid. He doesn't even grasp the hint. He's done eating, by the way. Oh, I think he's got a dirty diaper. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess I'm going to go out in the car and change it. Oh, okay. I want to look over. I looked at her plate. She had got uh, avocado toast. What is that? It was four pieces of green smear on toast. She had literally ate a half a piece of toast. It just sits there. I was like, golly, women got it rough. Like, men, let's just be honest. We got it easy. We go to work all day, come home and do nothing else. Women go to work every day. And, oh, BTW, let me offend some of you, man, because you're not doing enough to make it where your wife don't have to work. Hello? See, uh, see, 50, 60 years ago, there was a man's job and the women's job because the man did his job and the woman didn't have to do her his job too. So yeah, he came home and the food was cooked in the house clean. I'm not trying to get men and women's roles. You know what I'm saying? But it's funny, women go to work all day. Then they come home and they got to work all day long. And I'm not saying I'm innocent of that. So let me, I'm not trying to act like I'm perfect in that area too. I'm pretty guilty of it. We have this awesome sunroom that I feel is like a magnet that draws me to it the minute I get home. So women even really have another level of stress. So let me ask, men, you don't even get to raise your hand for this. So when you say on a scale of 1 to 10, you're a 12, ladies, and all of it's because of your husband. (laughs) Man, life is stressful. And I got to be honest with you, man. If you were to say, Gary, I'm, I'm probably on Sunday morning at 1030. I'm about as chill as I'm going to be the rest of the week. I'm about an 8.5. Tomorrow is going to be Monday. It's festival week for me. I have a big festival I'm putting on Saturday. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to climb to about a 9 tomorrow. Tuesday, I'm going to climb to about a 9.2. 
Wednesday, I'm going to hit a 9.5, and Christine is going to go into, I'm not talking to Gary the rest of the week mode, because we've been doing this long enough, she knows the drill. Thursday, I'm going to skip over 9.6 and 9.7. I'm going to hit a 10, and I'm going to start watching the weather. And even though the weather says 0% chance of rain and 86 degrees, even though I know nothing about weather, I am going to start analyzing weather patterns all around to see if it's going to somehow shift into Georgia. I'm going to start dealing with the 100 vendors, though, that I've sent them an email that tells them step-by-step step what they're supposed to do. They're going to start emailing me like the one this morning. When I sent the email Friday, it said, you will start loading, unloading Saturday morning. Can we unload Friday? No, did it say it in the email? But that's just one. There's going to be 99 more of those. And then Saturday, I'm going to show up and I'm going to need to deal with drunk people all day long. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed right now. Because you add that to the regular day-to-day of my life. Life's just stressful. We all deal with stress. You can feel the tension begin to form, and we deal with financial stress. There's marital stress. There's family stress. There's career stress. There's that favorite kind of stress that I have, the stress that doesn't exist, but I convince myself it does exist, and I begin to stress over it. stress. Y'all don't know anything about that? The stress that doesn't even exist, that you make up in your own head. Man, stress. We're in a series called Emotions, and we're talking about the different emotions that we feel and how we deal with them. We are an emotion-filled society. We respond to people, even through social media, based on our emotions our little emoji, that's the emotion your post made me feel. Well, we're in a day and time where the pendulum has swung the other way. We lived in a day and time where no one talked about their emotions. That wasn't healthy. Now we live in a day and time where people have to take emotional days of rest. I just need to unplug today. Everything is a reason. The reality is, emotions are natural, and how you deal with your emotions will dictate how you live your life. You can't avoid emotions. They come. You can't go around them. You can't go over them. You can't go under them. You've got to deal with your emotions. While I wish today I could give you a sermon on how to avoid stress, that doesn't exist. Because life is stressful. I wish last week or two weeks ago I could give you a sermon on how not to get angry. Some things are just going to piss you off every now and then. It's called life. I wish last week I could tell you how to avoid becoming sad for no reason at all. But I can't. So the reality is we deal with emotions, but we have to learn how to deal with those emotions when they come along. Because emotions can either kill you or they can mold you and they can shape you into who God is creating you to be. We are in charge of our emotions. Next week we're actually going to be talking about the emotion of happiness and joy. 
Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's a very telling verse in the Old Testament. Paul's standing before King Agrippa. He's about to be executed for his faith. He's been beat up. He's been spit upon. He's about to die. King Agrippa looks at him after finding him guilty of spreading the gospel. He says, what do you think? And he says, I just think myself happy. I don't think anything. I decide even though in these circumstances, I'm going to have joy. We make decisions when it comes to our emotions. Stress is a real thing. The problem with stress is we've allowed stress to control our lives. We've allowed it to dictate us. We've allowed it to control us. And I want to give you some good news today. Your stress isn't going anywhere. So you better learn how to deal with it. Life is stressful. That's why it's called life. The regular life is stressful. And we always think somebody else's life is not as stressful. We walk in their shoes, it's just as stressful. I don't know there's ever been a time in our society where the stress level is so high because, again, you add the last 14 months, it's taking stress to a whole nother level. Stressful times. I want to give you a disclaimer before I start today. I'm not preaching at you today. I'm preaching with you today. I am by no means the king of mastering today's sermon. But it doesn't change the truth, the biblical truth that's found in the Bible on how we're to deal with it. I allow stress to control me. This week I will sleep very little. Even though I know all these things, even though I'm confessing them all to you, it won't change any of it unless I can trust God and put in these steps and practice what I preach. Because God's word is true and it works. The amazing thing about this book is God gives examples. We don't deal with anything today that the people in this book didn't deal with yesterday. The Bible says in Proverbs twelve twenty five, anxiety weighs down the heart. Anxiety, you can replace that word for stress, weighs down the heart. Nothing affects how we function like our heart. I've learned as my heart goes, whether how my heart goes physically, or how my heart goes emotionally, or how my heart goes spiritually, as my heart is, so am I. Stress, anxiety, worry, they weigh us down. It's like carrying around this big, huge weight. It's exhausting. We recently re-mulched our backyard. I think we went through about 50 or 60 bags of mulch. Bag number one was easy to carry. Bag number 10 was easy to carry. Bag number 25 was pretty easy to carry. By about the 35th bag, my feet were hurting. My knees were hurting. I was dreading walking back up the hill empty-handed to know I had to grab another bag. It's exhausting. That's what anxiety's like. it's, It's like putting on a weighted vest and going through life. 
It's like having this tension that you can't even function amongst the normal. It affects us in so many ways. It affects us physically. Stress causes high blood pressure, ulcers, heart disease. As I said, anxiety, lack of sleep. It, it, it affects our digestive issues. It causes weight gain. It causes weight loss. You know what makes me angry? If I got to deal with it, I at least wish I could have weight loss from it. That might make me a little more accepting of it. Of course, that wouldn't work in God's world. And then not only does it affect us physically, the way we respond to it is unhealthy because we're weak as can be. We're weak-minded. Instead of doing what's right and handling it the right way, we handle it in ways that make it worse. I'm stressed. That's why I drink. No, you're weak. That's why you drink. I just use drugs where I can escape it for a little while, but, but, but then you sober up and it's still there. The difference is you've run everybody else off in your life because of how you handled it. We handle it in anger. How many times have you lost it on your time? I'm sorry, I'm just stressed. No, I'm sorry, you're just full of crap and you just came up with an excuse for not handling your anger. I'm not, again, I'm not preaching at you. I'm guilty of it, not necessarily the drug use, but I'm guilty of everything I'm telling you today. We don't handle it right. Rage, eating poorly. I'm a stress eater, which is really bad. There's, there's just something about cookies that make it all better. Like there's something so much about cookies that in the middle of a gas crisis, when we didn't know when we could get gas again, I felt the Holy Spirit's prompting through my daughter to get into my truck with a Hemi engine, V8, that guzzles gas and drive all the way to Barrett Parkway for a crumble cookie. I was such a junkie over the cookies. They come in six packs. I bought six pack, or you can buy one. I knew I couldn't come home with one of them gone from the six pack. I'd be ratted out, so I bought a six pack and then one to go. Where I could just eat it on the way home. I confessed when I got home. After I had done it. Because I can't give it back then, right? Man, we stress eat. They say 80%. Study, this is mind-boggling to me. 80% of all illnesses that we have. That's 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 illnesses that we have are related directly to stress. It's killing us. It's a big deal. In every sense of the word, anxiety, stress begins to destroy your body if you don't learn how to properly deal with it. The thing about stress, though, is it's not new. This book's full of stories of times through stress. I began to read in the Gospels this week. I was started over in the Gospels. I love reading about Jesus. And I was reading about the birth of Jesus and the whole ordeal leading up to that and Man, if you want to talk about stress, that's a stressful situation. I mean, think about it today. Joseph meets a girl named Mary. He's going to marry her. 
He's trying to do the right thing, wait till they get married to have sex. She comes to him and says, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm pregnant. He begins to get angry. No, 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 it's cool, I'm still a virgin. I'll just breathe. I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You know, Joseph's immediately like, yeah, I believe that. Joseph, being a man of honor, decides how he's going to, to quietly break off the wedding. Then as he's chilling in the bed after work all day, he was a carpenter. An angel appears before him and says, hey, I'm an angel. That's how I picture it anyway. Mary's telling you the truth. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And oh, by the way, it's going to be Jesus. He's going to save the world. Pretty stressful. Joseph decides he's going to do the right thing. Mary, Mary. And then a decree goes out across all the land that everyone has to return to the place of their birth for a census. Can't get online and do it. Nobody came to your door. Don't get to jump on an airplane. Don't get to get in the car. Can't take a plane. Can't take a train. Can't take a greyhound. You got to take a donkey. They get on the donkey and they begin to travel with his pregnant wife across the country. His pregnant wife that he's never had sex with. Did I remind you of that? Yeah, I know. I'm a dude. So here's how it's working. The angel came to him, and he understands the truth of the situation. But he still has those doubts every now and then. I dreamed that angel coming to me. Because I saw her looking at Tommy over there. I know he's got eyes for me. He, in his mind's playing games with him. They get to the town, and they go to check into the hotel, and there's nowhere to check into. He's like, listen, my wife's literally about to give birth. I don't know what to tell you. We've got a barn out back. Man, how many of you would like to go tell your wife, your nine-month pregnant wife who just rode on a donkey, hey, baby, we've got a barn out back you can go sleep in. How many of you would have the testicular fortitude to even say that? Yeah, me either. They get to the barn, throw some hay down. She gives birth. Then immediately a decree comes out. The Messiah's been born. They have to go run for their life as the firstborn is being killed all over the country. Because the ruler of the time didn't want the Savior to grow up and take his gig. <laughs> I don't know about you. That sounds pretty stinking stressful to me. Joseph and Mary experienced a stressful time in their life. They can relate to the stress that we deal with. Remember, they almost would find the stress that we deal with comical. They couldn't avoid the stress. She's giving birth to the Savior and was not able to avoid the stress. But they learned how to function in the stress. They gave us some principles, if you will, on how we can deal with stress. The bad news today is this. There's nothing I can do about your stress. Scratch that. 
The bad news is there's nothing I can do with about 50% of your stress. 50% you cause on your own because you love drama. You can cut that out. That's the first point of the sermon. Cut that out. Quit creating stress. You love stress because you're addicted to it. We don't want to talk about that today. So we're going to talk about the 50% of the stress you can't deal with, that you can't avoid. How do we deal with it? We learn these principles, and I'm telling you it will be life-changing. First thing Mary and Joseph did is they understood God's purpose in their stress. They understood God's purpose in their stress. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're dealing with today. It might be self-inflicted. It might be something you couldn't avoid. But I do know this. There's a purpose in your stress. When we're dealing with God, nothing is coincidence and nothing is unuseful. It's always God shaping us and molding us and refining us for his glory. Mary and Joseph understood this. And I think it's one of the most overlooked aspects in handling stress. The reason Mary and Joseph were able to deal with the situation and handle the stress in the situation is because they were able to see the bigger picture in the situation. They understood, though, this is not what they would have chosen for their lives. There was a purpose for this situation. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, boom, came together. Before they had sex, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Here's the purpose. She will give birth to a son. And you're to name him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. This was not the calling Mary and Joseph asked for. This is not what they wanted out of life. This is not how they would have chose the first year, the first nine months of their marriage to be. But there was a purpose in their stress. There was a purpose in the trial. There was a purpose in the fire. And when you understand the purpose, it doesn't necessarily make the stress easier but it makes it more bearable. When you understand there's an end result coming out of this, it's game-changing. They knew they were going through what they were going through because God had chosen them to give birth to the Messiah. The one the Old Testament prophets had preached about. And as crazy as things were, they had to happen this way Because this is how they were foretold they would happen. One of the greatest things you can do is you're going through stressful times. Now, I don't know what stress you're going through. Maybe you're in a relationship you don't need to be in, but you're in it now. 
Maybe you're in a financial situation. You know exactly why you're there, but the reality is you're there. I I don't know what it is you're going through, but one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself in the middle of the anxiety, in the middle of the worry, in the middle of the stress, and I know this sounds nuts, but it's just to breathe, step back, analyze the situation, and figure out what is God trying to teach you in this situation. We've heard the expression that we can't see the forest for the tree. You stand up on a tree, all you see is the tree. But as you step back, you begin to see all the other trees. The problem is we're too busy bitching in the stress to step back and slow down enough to learn in the stress. We're too busy feeling sorry for ourselves in the stress to step back and say, man, what am I trying to be taught in this stress? What is God preparing me for in this stress? We're forged in the fire. We're shaped in the fire. We're strengthened in the fire. But we want to avoid the fire. It's not how it works. Got to go through that fire. We got to go through those hard times. The problem is none of you ever step back and figure out what God's purpose. We put that point back up, Xander. You'll never go back and, and look at the purpose. And because you lose sight, not because you lose sight of because you never recognize what the purpose is. You get stuck in the stress. You can never move forward in the stress. I thought this would be a bigger issue growing up than it has been in my real life, but I thought growing up from watching movies and reading books that quicksand would be a really big issue. <laughs> never dealt with any quicksand. I've never seen any quicksand. To be honest with you, I don't even know if quicksand is a real thing. It is, okay. But they say what happens in the quicksand is everyone begins to panic. They begin to freak out. Instead of breathing and analyzing for a moment, they say it's actually very easy to get out of. Yeah, I guess I get Israel because I was reading about it this week. So they say it's actually very, very easy to slowly and methodically pull yourself from quicksand. But we don't do that. We panic in the midst of it. We panic in the chaos. We're so guilty of it. Something goes wrong with the car and immediately we go into freak out mode. Oh my God, it's going to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's under warranty. We immediately hear something about our kids and we freak out. Oh, it's got to be true. It's got to be this. They did this and that. And when we're freaking out, we're, we're already screaming and hollering, ready to beat them. And, and they might need to be screamed at and beat it. But instead of staying calm and talking to them and figuring out the situation... We live for today, we're a microwave society. We're in a financial mess and we want it fixed today instead of stepping back and saying, okay, it's not going to be fixed today. There's a purpose in this and what can I do to get out of this? We've made some investments lately. We didn't make those investments to make money in 30 days. We didn't make those investments to make money 
a year from now. We didn't make those investments to make money five years from now. I'm laser focused right now. I got nine years till Luke turns 18. Doubt. And if he's not out, who cares? He's 18. He's a grown adult then. He can do whatever. I'm not looking to move in nine years. I'm not looking to do anything. But, but, but I want the freedom to do whatever I want in nine years. So I'm looking at these investments as 10-year return. I'm not looking at them as 30-year return. I, I, I'm not looking to retire. I had a discussion with someone last night. I'm not looking to retire when I'm 70. I want, I want 15 years in by the time I'm 70. Must be nice. It is nice because that's what I'm planning for. You didn't plan. You failed to plan. Because you're too busy caught up in the stress. My life's just as stressful, but I'm going to step back and make decisions. Now, will they work it? I don't know. God's in control ultimately. But I want to see the purpose in that. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. God says, this little obstacle you're going through, this little heartbreak you're going through, this little bump you're going through, it's just preparing you. Just preparing you for something that's going to be so great that it outweighs the stress you went through. But you'll never get to that point if you don't embrace God's purpose in the midst of it. See, we need to start looking at things through God's perspective because God's perspective is much different than our perspective. We get caught up in how we feel in the moment and yet God has an eternal perspective for our life. Sometimes God allows stress to come into our life Because even though it's tough right now, he's got a bigger plan for you tomorrow. You don't understand the relationship you're in right now, the marriage you're in right now. You want out today and maybe God's about to get you out of it. But maybe God let you go through it because he's going to give you a ministry in the future to other women that are in that mess. No amens on that? Maybe the financial stuff you're dealing with today is where you can look at God's purpose in it, learn how to biblically handle your finances, where you can come along in the future and walk along some somebody else that's having the same issues. I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know what the purpose is. But I do know this. If you step back, you'll figure it out. One of God's purposes for stress, make no mistake about it, one of God's purposes for stress is that God wants to build our character. First job I ever had in my life, I've only had about two, three real jobs in my life. I've worked for myself ever since. There's nothing real about that. Pay sucks and the boss is horrible. But the first job I ever had was at Dairy Queen. I can make a Dairy Queen Ice cream. Tell them, baby, I can make the loop and everything, can I? I'm a boss. 
Decula, Georgia, back when nobody lived in Decula, Georgia, literally had a Dairy Queen right next to the one stoplight. Nothing happened in Decula except for 4th of July. Well, we had the 4th of July parade. And it was on like Donkey Kong in Decula for the 4th of July parade. And Dairy Queen got slammed because it was the only restaurant in town. Fourth of July parade. Y'all know about Dairy Queen. They had the flame broiled hamburgers. Actually pretty good. We don't think about food at Dairy Queen. I always trust a fat guy. It's pretty good. It goes through the flame broil, and they had two flame broilers, but only one of them worked for years. Only one of them worked. Me being the mechanic that I am, I said, I'm going to get that other one working. So my plan was really simple, and after this, I had no more plan. My plan was I'm going to plug it in, I'm going to pop it on its side, and I'm going to turn it on. I plugged it in, smacked it on its side, turned it on, whole thing shook, and it started glowing. Because I'm a freaking mechanic. I was like, heck yeah, remember we're going to have two flame broilers for the parade. We're going to be able to double knock this stuff out. I ought to run this Dairy Queen. For the record, I got fired about 14 days later. But this day, I was a god for like 20 seconds. Because all of a sudden, that thing started heating up. And when I tell you, thousands of roaches begin to run out of it. You couldn't even see it. Thousands of roaches everywhere, all over it. They were everywhere. So here it is, our biggest day, and now there's roaches everywhere. And you're like, what's the point of the story? The point of the story is this. I just want to tell the story, really. Now, here's the point of the story. When the broiler got hot, when the heat got turned up, what was inside came out. You want to see what someone's made of? Turn up the stress in their life. Turn up the tension in their life. You want to see what someone's made of? Throw them a curveball and see how they handle. You'll find out real quick. I love to talk about winners and losers. You'll find out real quick who the winners are and who the losers are. Because the losers will crumble like a house of cards. They'll fold. They'll give up. They'll play the victim. They'll feel sorry for themselves. They'll talk about how rough life has been to them. They'll go to the bottle. They'll go to the pipe. They'll shoot up. They'll get angry. They'll handle themselves like a loser handles themselves. Cream rises to the top. Someone told me, they said, you're the cliche machine. You know why? Cliches exist because they're true. Guess what the cream does? It rises to the top. It doesn't sink to the bottom. When the heat gets turned up in our life, you want to find out what type of marriage you have? Let the heat get turned up in your marriage. Christine and I were talking about this. Man, we know people who have been through hell in their marriage. And yet today have some of the greatest marriages we know. Why? Because when the heat got turned up, they excelled. They excelled. 
Let somebody lose it all. And I'm around people all the time that are losing everything. And I can tell you within one meeting if they're going to make it or not. All based on their mindset and their attitude, God uses our stress to build our character. We deal with stress all the time. We always make sure we're talking about, well, what's the purpose in this stress? What do we want the outcome to be in this stress? We don't ignore the stress. We don't allow the stress to take us over. We begin to look for God's purpose in it. So we need to understand God's purpose in our stress. The next thing we need to do, this is easy to say and it's hard to live. They understood the importance of trusting God in their stress. <laughs> Luke 1, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are, who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Man, a lot of angels just popping up back in those days. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. I'd be greatly troubled. Angel that shows up, I'm, I'm greatly troubled. Okay? Don't want no angels showing up. Crap's a bit about to get real. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Ladies, imagine this scene with me. You're a virgin. I know for many of you that was many, 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 many years ago. But you were a virgin. You're chilling in your bedroom. Doing whatever virgins do. Watching friends. I don't know what they do. Watching Netflix. All of a sudden an angel appears to you. And says, man, you have found favor with God. You're like, cool. And because of that, here's your prize. You've won a baby and his name shall be Jesus. Yeah, it don't sound like it's like the prize from hell. Don't make a lot of sense. But Mary trusted God. <laughs> don't miss this. She trusted God because sometimes there's nothing you can do but trust God. She could get angry about it. Guess what? She was still pregnant. She could get mad about it. Guess what? She was still pregnant. She could get bitter about it. Guess what? She was still pregnant. She could get stressed about it. But guess what? She was still pregnant. She had to step back, remember God's purpose in it, and just trust God in the midst of it. <laughs> when life has you running around in circles... When you feel like if another thing gets added to your plate, you're going to kill over. When you don't think you can take any more bad news. You simply have to trust God. 
Psalms 9.10 says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You don't understand why. I can't give you an answer why. But you've got to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here's the key to that, though. And lean not on your own understanding. The problem with you is you want to try to figure it out on your own. Because you're a control freak. Because you think you're smarter than God. Because you think, man, because your life decisions have put you in such a great place. Trust God. And lean not on your own understanding. God, I don't understand why this is going on. Doesn't make sense to me. But I trust you. Can I be honest with you? Confession, they say, is good for the soul, it's bad for the ego. Let me confess some things to you today. Let me pull up in the confessional booth of Action Church. It's real easy for me to trust God. When everything's going my way. (laughs) My way. It's easy for me to trust God when I'm in control. It's easy for me to trust God when I know the outcome. April 2nd, last year, when I had seven events in seven weeks, that I had calculated was going to put about six figures in our bank account, and April 3rd, Governor Kemp got up and shut down Georgia. It wasn't real easy for me to trust God. <laughs> I wish I could be like, man, I just rolled with it and said, God, you're in control. It's great. Oh, I didn't. I said at Viva Mexico with David and Sarah Westrick and verbally vomited stress upon them. Stress had my mind over it. But I can say this. We're stressed one night and one night only. Because we regrouped. We begin to examine. We begin to calculate how long the money in our account can we go. We didn't know what the future held. And you know the amazing thing? We had one of our best financial years ever. Because we trusted God in the midst of it. Christine completely lost her job. Completely. Like literally 100%, I guess. And within days had jobs over here and offers over here and things over there and things that brought in money over here and this door opened and that door opened. And none of those doors would open had we spent all our time stressing. Instead, we decided we were going to trust God in the midst of it. (laughs) See, it's easy to trust God when we know the outcome, but when we don't understand, we've got to trust him. When we don't know how things are going to turn out, we've got to trust him. When you're in that relationship and you have no control over your spouse, we've got to trust him. When we can't see the end, we've got to trust him. You know, one of my favorite verses in Isaiah is, I go before you to make the crooked places straight. You ain't been nowhere today that God wasn't yesterday. Holy smokes. That was good preaching. We could just go home right there. You ain't been anywhere today. Put that on a t-shirt, baby. That God ain't been yesterday. You think God was surprised? No. I know right now some of you are stressed beyond belief. There's people right now that don't even know how you're going to make your house payment next month. 
There's some of you that don't even know if your car will get you home. There's some of you right now in a world full of everyone hiring, you can't find a job. Yeah, I legit know people like that. You're stressed out. You trust God. He's not much of a God if we only trust him when it's going good. There's no doubt Mary and Joseph were stressed out. Joseph was a dude. He's traveling. He feels like a failure. There's no room at the inn. He's putting his wife in a barn. How many of you guys ever felt like a failure in your marriage? I have felt like a failure in my marriage. times I've let my wife down. Now I'm talking about not, not anybody doing something wrong. Just couldn't provide what I wanted to provide. Can never imagine going to her and being like, hey, I've got to stay in this barn. But they trusted God. I, I don't think it means they didn't fight. I don't think it means they didn't have times of anxiety. I don't think it didn't mean that there was times of doubt. But you've got to replace lies with truth. And the truth is, God is in control. Do you trust God today? Is he just God when things are great? Is he just God on Sunday? Is he just God in the areas you're willing to give him? There's a cat in the Old Testament, and he had it all. His name was Job. He had possessions. He had status. He had everything. And just like that, he lost it all. In a really short period of time, he lost his kids, his wife, his house, his name, his land, his career. He lost his possessions. He began to lose his health because of the stress. And as he goes through these times at the end... After all this time, heartache, not wanting to go through what he was going through. The amazing thing about Job is he never lost faith in God. His friends were like, why don't you curse God? Oh, by the way, you know why he lost everything? Because the devil came to God and said, I bet if I took everything away from Job, he wouldn't serve you. God said, do it. But even though he was a man of faith, look what he says. Even his faith grew during this time. He said in Job 42, 5, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. He said, I'd heard of God. He said, but in my despair, in my heartache, in my brokenness, when I was at the rock bottom and I had no what to do but to look up, I've now seen you. See, sometimes you've got to go through the stress to see God. Sometimes you've got to go through the stress, not just to know of God, but to know God. It's in the midst of those times that he becomes more real to you he's ever been. It's called the Bible because the peace that passes all understanding. 
It doesn't make sense. People can't comprehend it. In the natural, it doesn't add up. But we're not dealing with the natural. We're dealing with the supernatural. My, that's so powerful to me. Even in the midst of it, he didn't turn on God. But he said, my ears had heard of you. But now my eyes have seen you. So I don't understand. Here's, the Bible says even the demons believe in God. But do you trust God? That he's going to get you through what it is you're going through. Job got to know God so much better in the stressful times of life. Those things didn't matter to Job because his power came from trusting God. God wants us to know him better. God's desire is for us to know him better. He wrote this book so we would know him better. He created community so we would know him better. He gives us access to him through prayer so we can know him better. But for us, instead of looking and trusting God in our stress, instead of knowing him better in our stress, we focus on feeling better. I just got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. I got to do whatever it takes to get out of this instead of embracing the suck. We try to get out of it, and by trying to fight it, we sink deeper into the quicksand, and we stay there a lot longer. The pressure comes. We feel anxious. When our life is filled with stress, we look for something to make it go away. We look for that antiseptic. How we eat, how we spend money, what we drink, anything to numb it. Because we're such weak-minded people. We can step back, though, and trust God. Do you know last year there was 42 million prescriptions written to help people sleep at night? That don't include melatonin. don't include having a stiff drink. It don't include uh, weed. All the things that they don't record. Just prescriptions, 42 million because that's what we do. We seek things to make us feel better <laughs> instead of making sure God's present in our stress and we're trusting him. Trust him. You'll sleep like a baby. If we could recognize when we feel that tension, we feel that pressure, we feel that anxiety, rather than going to all these other places, we could just go to the one. Well, I'm going to say this is going to piss some people off. It has nothing to do with my sermon. It's probably very controversial. And of all the things that we should go to, we probably should go to the one that's illegal that God created. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like he created it for it. Reading that, what you will. That gives me anxiety, so I'm not going to it. Our, our rumor is it gives me anxiety. I don't know. Understand the importance of trusting God. Add that out of the Facebook and the podcast there, Xander. <laughs> Last and I'm done. We're going home because I'm down a rabbit trail now. That I don't even, don't even know how I got down. They did what they could with what they had. <laughs> to me, this is where things get practical. 
Mary and Joseph didn't have a control over a lot of things. But they had control over how they handled those things. They took what they had, and what they had they made work. It's funny, Christine and I moved into a new house in December. We love our new house. And it's funny, we look back, because before that we lived in about a 103-year-old house for five years. And never complained. Made the house. Just answer it. Tell them you're in church. It's okay. Kevin, is that you? Kevin, you just got, you got women calling you during church? What happened when you were a player? I don't ever have that problem. Um, yeah, exactly. Good. You're right. What they killed the house. But when we lived in that house, man, we made that house work. Christine reminded me the other day that we lived 18 months with four kids, two adults, with one bathroom with just a shower in it. That sounds crazy. Like now in the day and time we live in now. I don't, we have three bathrooms now and can't, got enough. I don't know how we did it. We had floors that would literally cave in if you stepped in the wrong place. But we loved it. We did what we could with what we had. I'm going to regret doing this, man. Christine's going to tell me I shouldn't do this because I always ask people before I tell a story about them. But Angel Rodriguez and they just bought a house. I tell Christine, I said, I've never been so happy. I love watching her post pictures of their new house. Because for the last almost decade, as they were building their business and building their things, with three kids, they were living in an apartment, two-bedroom apartment. Never heard her complain about living in an apartment. Never heard her gripe about living in an apartment. Waited and found the perfect place. But every time she puts me, I look at Christian, I say, God, I'm so happy for them and what God's provided for them. Do you know why God provided it? Because they did what they could with what they had when they had it. Golly, mindset is so important. Luke 2, 7, she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths. He just said, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. I don't even want to get into what that is. Go research it. And placed him in a manger. It's a fancy word for a horse trough. Because there was no guest rooms available for them. I would imagine this wasn't the circumstances Mary wanted to have a baby in. But guess what? That was what she had in the moment. And she made it work. So many of you can't embrace the stress in your life because all you can do is think about getting out of the stress in your life. You find God's purpose and you trust God in it, you'll get out of it. In God's timing, you'll get out of it. So real quickly, as we deal with stress in our life, I want to give you some things that you can control. Because there's a lot of things you can't control. I'm going to give you some very practical things today. And I'm not going to elaborate on them. I'm just going to give them to you and we're going to go home. The first thing you're going to do to help eliminate stress in your life is you're going to set boundaries. Say, what's a boundary? Whatever you want it to be. And the best person, people, that you can set boundaries with is your family. 
The biggest lie we buy into is their blood, so we got to put up with their BS. Negative, Ghost Rider. You can set boundaries with your spouse. I literally, I don't even know that she would be willing to do this. I should let Christine teach a message one week on boundaries. She's the she's queen of it. Queen of it. Like, literally, she's amazing at it. Like, literally, I, I, again, she should teach a sermon on how to set boundaries. So how do I do that? Just whatever, you set the boundaries. But don't set anything you ain't want to back up because then the boundaries are useless. But set boundaries. We have boundaries in our home. We have boundaries on spending, boundaries on people coming in our house, boundaries over what's allowed to happen in our house. No one else has to agree with it, but guess what? It's our house. You set boundaries. Boundaries are whatever you need to do to protect your sanity. Second thing you can do is learn to manage your calendar. And life is crazy. Manage your calendar. Know where you need to be, when you need to be there. Write stuff down. That way, man, I'm the king of double booking. But man, I've been very intentional over the last probably year of managing my calendar. It's amazing how freeing it is. This is amazing. Learn to say no. I'd love to go to your house for dinner, but no. Our life's too busy. I'd love to drop in at that graduation party, but no. I've been invited to 21 of them this year. No. It's okay. Can I drop by? No. No. We have plans today. No. Hey, man, can I, can I get a few minutes of your time? No. I don't always get a no, but I have zero issue saying no. I used to feel guilty saying no. I don't feel guilty saying no now. Come up to me and Christine out to eat. Man, can I, have, can I talk to you for a few minutes? No. You can call me this week. I'd be glad to sit down and talk with you, but not, not tonight. No. This is because this is, and I, and I messed up here, and I don't know, we'll see how good Xander is, see if he caught my, my typo. Because most stress is financial stress. So we're going to learn the power of not spending what you don't have. Look at that, Xander called it. I put learned, learned the power in my notes. You're going to learn the power of not spending what you You want to eliminate most of your stress? Quit spending money you don't have on things you don't need to impress people you really don't even like. Man. Learn the power of not spending what you don't have. Listen, I told you I'm preaching with you today. Not at you. Remember the phone belongs to you and not the other way around. Do you know it's okay not to answer your phone? Point of having a phone if you don't answer. No, the point of having a phone is where I don't have to answer it. Every time it rings, you don't have to answer it. Every time it dings, you don't have to answer it. Every time it pings, you don't have to respond. This is the one I'm telling you I'm hypocritical about. Oh, no, not this one. The last one. The next one. You want to eliminate some stress? Turn off the news. 
turn off the news. Ain't nothing good on there. Let me tell you what's happening on the news. Someone else got shot. Someone else got robbed. Someone else got killed. Trump did something else wrong. You know, he's been out of office now for five months, but it's all still his fault. Oh, did I say that? Okay. Biden said something that don't make sense. You know, I'm just saying turn off the... That's not a political statement. I'm not saying... I'm just saying. Turn off the news. We're out of gas. I saw the other day we're about to run out of uh, chicken. Yeah, run out of chicken. Which, who needs chicken anyway? We're out of... Chick-fil-A's out of sauces. I got a golf cart. I don't need gas. I need Chick-fil-A sauces. Okay? Went to get a rain energy drink yesterday. There was two flavors. I said, man, where's all the rains? Oh, there's a shortage. There's an energy drink shortage? How does that happen? It's man-made. Turn off the news. Golly, the news is depressing. Oh, this is the one I'm a hypocrite on. I don't even want to post it. Say it, Xanders. Put it up there. Take a social media break. Ain't it funny we keep going back to something that drives us insane? Fires us up? Makes us angry? Like, I literally see people... I'll go to Christian, I said... Man, you need to call and check on so-and-so. I said, they are literally having a meltdown on social media for the whole world to see. It's okay to get off there. Now, I'm the king. All you smokers that have quit smoking will relate to this. I'm the king of deleting social media apps from my phone. Only on a good time to make it 24 hours before reloading them. Ooh, I'm like a junkie. Not a minute. But man, when I have been disciplined and I get off social media, it's amazing what it does up here in your mind. It's almost like your mind just begins to relax. It's crazy. We're so stressed because we're comparing our lives to people's fake lives on social media. I had a lady come up to me the other day and start talking to me like I knew her. I'm like, do I know you? Yeah, I'm so and so on Facebook. I comment on all your stuff. You look nothing like so and so on Facebook. <laughs> Have you ever taken a picture that wasn't filtered five times over? You literally look like a different human being. I would have never known that was you. It's full of fakeness, yet we compare our lives to it. It's amazing. Those are just some practical things. Stress is going to come. There's nothing you can do about it. You've got to figure out God's purpose in it. You've got to trust God's purpose in it. And then you've got to do what you can do with what you got. There are some practical things that you can do. Next week we're going to talk about joy and happiness. Because <laughs> you know there's a difference between joy and happiness. You know, the Bible talks very little about happiness. It talks a lot about joy. 
I'll talk about that next week. Let's pray.